Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Friday night in September, Audrey. Where, where did the summer go? No, it's a great time of year. It's, it is. You, know, you get the glint of, of the sun. The kids are going back to school. <laughs> Vacations are over. Like, it makes me happy. It means you can start working again. Now, doesn't right? it make you reminiscent of, like... When you were younger? Yeah. Ready like as, much, as much as school. I hated going back to school when I was a kid, you still kind of loved it in this weird way. But now that I you know now that it's like 50 years later, <laughs> I can say to myself, no, that was a great time. Like, uh, you, know, you know, I used to have the hardest time for like 20 years. Okay. Because I used to go to summer camp for eight weeks in the summer. Whoa. So you have to decompress from summer camp. Even to this day. Yeah. It like I have a pang in my heart. A pang. <laughs> I'm still friends with some of my friends. From I know summer camp. you. Do, you've told so, me about. I mean, that. those were life changing experiences. Well, let's talk about summer camp real fast because I think summer camp and Audrey Russo are two things that I don't necessarily <laughs> always put together in the same sentence. They don't have it in New York. We called it sleepaway camp. Sleepaway camp, right? Because it's like a big deal. Because like you're <laughs> and your parents and were your like parents came to visit you once, once just to make sure you were still alive. The whole and, summer, right? A visiting day, a prescribed day, a prescribed day. Once, <laughs> make sure everyone cleaned up real nice. <laughs> Scrubbed the camp. Scrubbed the camp. Yeah, got rid of all the all the vermin and everything yeah, like you that. Get to live with people that come from all over right you know you get to understand you know uh, how to be part of a group right exactly. how, to, how to be a leader right how to, how to i never would have been exposed to hiking or camping any of that good stuff any of that stuff or, or, or going on a little rowboat building birdhouses building birdhouses right i remember right. you one time told me a story about building bird that's what i wanted house. to ask you right. about so you, and you know i have a problem you were a maker before makers were I cool was a maker. <laughs> i loved my birdhouse and i love making stuff yeah but you know you come back from camp where you've got sort of like these new skills and you get to yeah. work on a saw and, you know, you get to sand and you learn all this stuff. And then you come home and you don't have any of that. Right. And I it's had like none of that. You become like. Because I wasn't a Girl Scout over Brownie. My okay. mother refused. Really? Yeah. <laughs> she didn't want to take you to the she meetings. She didn't want to take us anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame her, man. <laughs> she was like, no, I'm not schlepping you anywhere. <laughs> if I had kids that learned to play chess by themselves <laughs> against the computer or it's something It's the same like that. reason she wouldn't let me play cello. Right. It's too big. Too big. Can't too big an instrument. Not going to fit in anything. Not going to fit in. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> But I think, you know, as a girl, yeah. I was never encouraged to make stuff. You should have been. I know. But you kind of were with been, the camp. I you, did, but think about, like, how I could have developed that avenue to even have I had know. it as another lane in my life. Exactly. And I don't have that because well, you, it was never really nurtured. Right. But check this out, Audrey. So I'm so glad we're talking about this because t- on today's show... We have Joel Johnson from Boxy right. stopping by today, so, and Proto Haven. A little bit. We'll talk a little bit about both of those. But the idea right. now that, like, I mean, the whole maker movement is just right. massive. You can actually go somewhere and, and build stuff, right? Or in Boxy's case, you can buy your own three D, right. not three D, but your your own your own your own digital printing machine right. and do it yourself, like without. I mean, you, you can really you can set up high end equipment right. in your house for a very low cost. Right. 
and really explore where your imagination and your mm-hmm. skill set goes. So imagine if you could have like been 3D printing birdhouses. But 3D printing, I liked making anything. The birdhouse yeah. was pivotal for me because I made something from nothing and it was functional. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just taking those so little. Um, what did you do with these birdhouses when you were done my, with them? Did you I take them home? From camp and okay. my parents were mortified, and I used to hang a. We had a little tree in the backyard. You had a tree in the backyard. (laughs) Yeah, that's really cute. These are New Yorkers. That's the part I'm thinking about. They're like, like, really? Okay. So you're like on Long Island, right? And you got a little tree in your backyard. (laughs) There's all these birdhouses hanging from it. But I just thought. Did birds ever take up residence in any of these homes? I think once, maybe. And I think my father was appalled. It's probably high rent in that part, in that district, too. Get out. I'm charging you a fee. (laughs) I'm charging you a fee, little birdie. But think about a young girl yeah. trying to make stuff, having no role models, right. having no one that could encourage you. I mean, when I grew up, my father didn't even own a lawnmower. We didn't. Yeah, it just things. wasn't the way you did stuff. We didn't right. do any of those things. You don't, you know, dirty your hands that way. Right. But your father gave you lots of entrepreneurial skills because right. he was quite he totally the entrepreneur right. in the clothing industry. No, like absolutely, so. and it served it served me well, but. Huh. I never, I never had anyone hand over hand helping me. Right. Saying, you know, you are pretty creative. Right. Let's see what you can make. It could be a future in birdhouses for you. I could have been, who knows, right? Exactly. Who knows? Exactly. And that's so, what I love about today. Yeah. You know, when we see like the girls of steel and we see people who are doing some yeah. really amazing things and building robots and really getting down and dirty and understanding the interfaces and understanding had a code. Yeah, and, as, as, as building stuff. That's gonna be really exciting for you to see that then. To see yeah, to see that first hand. You know, we started and, right. ten years ago at the tech council pulling together this this group of girls between the ages of five and eight before they would get to first robotics. I know. And we used to do that every Saturday. We have some of those Lego trophies in our office right. from some of the competitions that were won but over the years. Seeing young girls between the age you know, between fifth and eighth grade. Yeah. Trying to master this stuff is really incredible. And those are the formative years for that, too. I mean, that's the time right. when if you're going to get somebody that's into when it. I needed someone right. to put me in Vogue Tech. Exactly. But that wasn't cool. I can start to imagine your path of if you would have really fully explored I the know. whole. I think I would have been yeah. in like construction and design, maybe. Probably so. You know, but that wasn't nurtured. There could be a whole thing in the Smithsonian about birdhouses with <laughs> your name on it right now. I'm just saying. Could have built, <laughs> built houses, and that's that's what right. I love about this rapid transformation of Definitely. people having access to tools. Yeah, I'm so I'm excited to talk to Joel Johnson. Yeah, that's boxes. great. I'm glad I to think see him. that's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, we also have Tyler Palco calling. Oh, nice, Tyler, former quarterback, right? Right. Pitt. He's done a lot of things. Yeah. He's a native Pittsburgher. He yeah. actually lives in Kansas City now, but he's he's all over the place, and he's doing some really interesting things. He's been. Um, a thought leader in uh, understanding the next generation of, of workers. I'm not going to put a label on it and no, say it's yeah. the Z generation or the millennials, but he's definitely um, been a thought leader and a practitioner in um, helping companies and leaders understand what the new world of work is actually definitely. like and what kind of cultures people build and why that matters I like it. and what that means in terms of leadership. Exciting. I'm glad to get him on the phone. Yeah, I mean, a guy who's been a quarterback. Yeah. You know, they learn a lot. He's about leader. leadership, right? right? It's all That's... about leadership. And he definitely has that. And um, it's exciting that... to see people do, you know, some things that are really having an impact. Because, we... you know, as you know, yeah. you know, most people who are in college today will not have, we have no idea what jobs I know. will be there it's for them in four years. Kind of scary. It's fun. It's scary. 
You think it's scary? Funny, scary. I'm not saying scary in a bad way. Scary and like, wow, there's yeah, lots of opportunities there. We don't even know there. the names of jobs. We don't am even I know allowed what they are. to? Am I allowed to rib Tyler about why he's not living in Pittsburgh and could be doing much better if he were here? Well, I, Tyler has a lot of children right now, <laughs> oh, and so his wife comes from Kansas uh-huh. City. Okay, then I so can't, he has young kids. I can't diapers. hassle him then. You I can't, can't hassle, hassle him. him. I can't no. hassle him. Once his kids are grown up, then we can hassle. Yeah, him again. then you can hassle. Come him. back to Pittsburgh. I think he's being a good. He's being a good family man. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. So we've got about a minute or so left. And the one thing about fall means Tech 50, right around the corner, October the 25th at the Wyndham Grand, the 50 fastest growing, most innovative, most provocative, dare I say, tech companies in the Pittsburgh region, in the running for top dibs. And Andre, in our next segment, we're going to conjecture a little bit about some of the companies that we have in the running. And we have a new category, AI, artificial intelligence, and robotics is a new category this year for Tech 50. So mm. I'm very excited about it. I am too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you go to pghtech.org, you can learn all about the finalists. And if you keep your dial tuned, we're going to give you more detail about some of the finalists because there's some great companies that we, we want you to know all about. So Audrey, we're taking a quick break. We're coming right back. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Once again, learn about us at pghtech.org. Follow us on Twitter at pghtech and Tech 50, October the 25th. It is closer than you think. I promised you we'd be back, Audrey. No messing around. Like, it happens. We come back from break. More Tech Vibe Radio coming your way. And as I was mentioning before, right around the corner, Audrey, is our Tech 50 Awards. October the 25th. Wyndham. This is like our 22nd year doing Tech 50. I know. And, and you know, it's great because this... Heck? And the categories are hard because one of the things no. about Pittsburgh that's actually very different than a lot of other cities is that we don't have like one deep sector. Exactly. we got many cool sectors. No, but, I mean, we cut across yeah. Everything. I know. That's why I think we've been so lucky over the past 35 years. Yeah. A little bit of everything kind of makes really us It really is. You think about materials. Right. You think about autonomous vehicles, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, you know, machine learning. All of that has been heavily researched and now percolated into companies. Exactly. And so it almost affords the opportunity that if you want to be in Pittsburgh and you want to work almost on anything, you, can do you it. sort of can. No. Even if you want to build an electronic birdhouse company, you could yeah, probably you could. do that. You could do anything. I mean, <laughs> listen, not long ago I was with um, a company called Near Earth Autonomy, and they're doing really interesting things as well and in the aerospace industry. Yep. I mean, that's a whole other area that's going to be able to blow up for our region. You think about that and companies like Astrobotic. Like going to the moon. Going to the moon. It's like, oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. It's, it's just crazy. So Tech 50, as you mentioned, we have so many different categories because we don't have one big deep category in Pittsburgh. We have many different categories. And this year, actually, Audrey, we added a new category, as I alluded to just a moment ago. We have artificial intelligence and robotics as our newest category for this year, which I was really excited about because it seems like Pittsburgh's making a ton of headlines internationally when it comes to AI and robotics. And we were rated the most second most livable city with number one being Honolulu. What? Yeah. When did that I love happen? these ratings. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Yeah, we're ratings. the second best. It's yeah. like it connects to Honolulu, eh? Yeah. All right. I mean, listen, here's the deal. If only we had a couple beaches. <laughs> the thing that I love is just getting exposure. Right. It's I like seeing <laughs> Pittsburgh in the headlines right. there under positive stuff. So, so our, our robotics category this year, Audrey, let's talk about some of the finalists this year. So we have Petuum, 
Aurora Innovations and Bossa Nova. Like these are what's cool. Is these are very diverse, even within their field here, which yeah. I think is kind of interesting. Well, they're in diverse markets and they're diverse problems. Exactly. We also have uh, uh, Advanced Robotics for Manufacturing, the ARM Institute, and Rapid Flow Technologies, and Adrich. So let's start with Bossa Nova, a company that's been around for a while, and they've pivoted many times. They have. Yeah. Remember when they started in toys? Pembo and and, uh, Primate Mm -hmm. were the two kind of robotic toys that they had. Yeah, it was great. I remember my dog used to be able to open up the stomach. The the little Pembo and the mini Pembo would come out (laughs) and would waddle itself out. Right. She she, 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 forgot. Gracie would go tap. tap, And she would get it out. (laughs) She'd come out. But they don't do that anymore. No, Mm -hmm. no. When you talk about a company that's pivoted, I mean, they've really found their way in um, in the market, yeah. really in the market. Working with Walmart, I believe? Well, I, I mean, if you just forget about the companies right. that they work for, but actually being able to go up and down the aisles to make sure that things are stocked. Right. And, uh, you know, looking at all the SKUs and making yep. sure that they're stocked. And it's really hard for humans. To do that. To do that work. Right. And it's also it's very repetitive. Monotonous. And it also is a lot of bending. Right. A lot of picking. You know, doing picking and then, you know, replacing is not necessarily, you know, the best way to use Exactly. Humans. Right. Exactly. And I know people get scared by that. People get scared. Know, they're like, oh, like, you know, some of these jobs are not great jobs. No. we They can create opportunities right. for they better open jobs up open up opportunities for better jobs right exactly so bossa nova in the running as a finalist now what about aurora innovation i mean geez come on that's a fascinating company i mean at the end of the day you're talking about autonomous vehicles here right i mean that's a it's, it's, it's a big deal i know the more and more <laughs> the more and more mind. i the more and more i'm behind the wheel and, and i like you i'm a car gal or guy Right. Yeah, and I've been seeing the Aurora cars around lately too. Sometimes I, there was a while I wasn't seeing too many Aurora cars. Right, but here's the deal. Yeah, it's time for autonomous vehicles. You wrote something about that it's one time. It's time yes. for people <laughs> to, to get their hands off the wheel. Get their hands off the wheel. <laughs> it's not getting safer. No, it's not. It's not. There are more accidents with all the safety features. I know. I think it just makes us a little more like, hey, it's going to be taken care of. But and our lives are so much more busy, so we're multitasking and while we're trying to drive. Right, right, exactly. And think about all the people that are using phones while they're driving, I just looking think, at their GPS. I just think if people drove the appropriate car, they'd be more into actually driving. Oh, I see. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I see. <laughs> see you know? I'm a car lover, yeah, so I get it. <laughs> but I also get the fact that people driving around with you know, a ton of steel. Yeah. Got to be a little. It's like, a little dangerous. A little dangerous, right. absolutely. Someone's going to laugh at us for you know, a <laughs> hundred years from now. They're going to say, "Remember all those transportation systems and all the deaths? What's with you?" Exactly. So, Audrey. So, from robotics to life sciences. So, we have a life sciences category this year as well, which I think is really exciting. And our finalists in there are Philips Aerial Precision Medicine Chem Image and Forest Devices. So once again, you can see the diversity even within the life sciences category. We have diversity within diversity when it comes to these companies, Audrey. And, I mean, right, and Philips is, is now making a, a move into the city now. I know. They're going to be moving into East Liberty right? in the coming Right behind year. Bakery Square two, yeah. 1 and 2, maybe? I think so. I think it's 3. And they're talking about like 1,000 people or more moving it's into great. that area, which it's I think great. is And fantastic. i got to tell you, when I go to Philips, I'm blown away by the kinds of products that they actually have designed and brought to market. Yeah. I, I can't even... It's amazing stuff. It's amazing. Absolutely. For everything. Do you have a Phillips toothbrush? I 
Two, who owns a toothbrush? Like, yeah, I don't have a an electric toothbrush. I've got one of those traditional manual style Colgates myself, but I know they make the. I have uh, the greatest right. you toothbrush. Got, you got one of those. Yeah, with all my dental problems, I thought I might as well invest. Might in, as well invest in, in something, right? Yeah. <laughs> very very cool. So outside of life science, Audrey, we have so many categories. It's like unbelievable. And we're not going to get to them all because we're, we're going to spread this out over many, many shows. Just to tease you a little bit that on October 25th, if you get your tickets in time, you can learn all about these companies, mingle with them, celebrate them because they're all doing such great work. We have a manufacturing category this year, Audrey. We do. We do. And it's and actually that category is in honor of Kurt J. Leska. It is. I'm Kurt J. Leska III. The third. Someone yeah. who was a big supporter of the work that we all do here. And uh, unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, and so we created an award in his name. I love the fact that we did that, because it's great to be able to honor some great work of folks like that. In this category, we have Watt Fuel Cell, which is an amazing company. They've been on the show before. Remember, we had Kane Finnery on the show, talking about how they actually digitally print the parts to make fuel cells, which I think is so exciting. So oh, now, yeah, that's when we were at the Energy Innovation Institute. Exactly. Exactly. And so he's bringing the cost of these things down to where you can actually... Through companies like People's Gas, put them in your basement and create electricity from natural gas. Man. I think that is really, really, really cool. And say. those guys relocated here from New York. They did. He bought the company. He says, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm making it happen here. So we've got about a, about a minute left. How about one last category, Audrey, real fast. Let's talk quickly about our CEO category this year. Oh, right. Absolutely. So See. we have, uh, you know, of course, Teresa Huber from Intervala. Really cool manufacturing right. company out there making circuit boards and all that kind of great stuff. And uh, Jim Gillespie, he's been on our show as well, too, from, from Gray Matter. And we'll have all these people on our show throughout the year. That's the whole point, man, because these are the men and women that are making it happen here in Pittsburgh. And real fast, the last four in this category are Barbara Van Kirk from IQ Inc., Brendan Carroll from Skycision. He's a startup entrepreneur. Interface Materials is Noah Snyder. And, of course, we have Jessica Gibson from Aerial Precision Medicine. So, I don't know. I can't wait because, you know, Audrey, this is my favorite time of the year. I know it is. These it's it's like the one we get all these folks in one room to celebrate, and it's hard to say we're picking winners on any of these guys because, in my opinion, these everyone who's been named a finalist has done some seriously great work, and we're there to honor it and and have some fun with it. So go to pghtech.org, learn all about the finalists there. We got some some background on each and every one of them, and register for the event if you can because it sells out every year. Audrey, last year we had like close to seven hundred people. It was pretty pretty amazing. It gets bigger and bigger. So. We'll keep it happening. It's great. Simple as that. Anyhow, we got a lot of tech vibe in front of us. Rumor has it that we have Tyler Palco calling in. Ah, Tyler. Yes, he's a good dude. He said he's he's got a lot of kids right now, so he is busy. He's <laughs> he's trying to he run a business four too. Kids under the age of five and <laughs> oh also my goodness! Leading solutions twenty one exactly. So hang on for that one. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Jonathan Kirsting. and this is Audrey Russo, and we are from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Fly on over to Twitter at pghtech. Welcome back, everybody. I am so glad you're spending your Friday night with us here. On Tech Vibe Radio, this is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Audrey, I tell you what, man, Friday night, as we were talking about before, you know, it's fall, it's back to school, all the good stuff's kind of going on, and our opening segment, we're talking a bit about Tyler Palco and what he's doing these days, and we got him on the line as promised. Hey, Tyler. Hey, hey. Where are you you, um, sitting right now? What city are you in? Uh, Kansas City. Kansas City. Ah, Kansas City. (laughs) Yeah. So let's let's just jump in. Let's talk about your work at Solutions Twenty One. Sort of give a high level, and then we're going to dig in a little bit. 
Okay. Uh, well, uh, first of all, I appreciate you having me on. Um, I, uh, so Solutions 21, uh, the Pittsburgh-based firm founded by Buddy Hobart, uh, Pittsburgher um, from, uh, from Homestead, graduated from Carnegie Mellon. Um, so uh, started it in 94, uh, kind of evolved and morphed into what we are today. Um, we basically do you know, three main things. So we do strategic planning. Um, we have kind of a proprietary process that we work with organizations uh, around uh, developing a strategic plan and, uh, and executing on that. And then we do, uh, you know, consulting uh, projects. So we call them custom problem solving issues. So anything from, you know, processes and procedures to sales, um, developing sales plans. Um, so we, we help those organizations develop those um, custom problem solve, solving issues. And then the last thing, um, and, and primarily the, the, the big thing that I'm driving is the leadership development piece. So we help organizations, um, you know, develop their, you know, future leaders that are going to be in charge of, of, um, of, of driving the, the results of business for the next, you know, 20 plus years. So that's a, that's a huge issue. I'm sure we'll get, uh, dive a little bit more into that, but, uh, that's really the, the main focus of, of Solutions 21. So, Tyler, I'm sure our listeners are dying to know, how do you go from being you know, quarterback at, the, at Pitt to what you're doing now? Obviously, lots of leadership on uh, as, as, really a, as a quarterback and, and, and everything like that. So how do you make that transition from football to, to what you're doing now with Solutions 21? I think it's such a cool story. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, after I got done, I had, was very fortunate enough to, to play um, a couple years in the NFL and, and got a chance to live out my childhood dream. And growing up in Pittsburgh, I'm the son of a high school football coach, and, and uh, I bet you that, that if uh, Vegas took odds on me becoming a, a college or NFL coach, uh, they would have been uh, really disappointed uh, because they, they would have been, been pretty high odds uh, growing <laughs> up in that football family. Absolutely. But, you know, I – Two things. I mean, I, I wanted to, to be able to, to raise a family. I have a wife and four kids, and we live in Kansas City. And, um, you know, I, I knew how much stress that and, and, and travel um, from a, to, to get to where I wanted to get from coaching. I know that, that um, you know, that would, would have um, not allowed me to, to see my kids grow up, and that was really important for me to do. Um, so I knew that I was probably a little bit like an addict, that if I got into coaching, I probably would have, gone you know full yeah. <laughs> exactly um, so i just stayed away from the booze type of thing um, <laughs> oh goodness but, well it's good that um, you know yourself yeah 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 well that's part of being a good leader right you right. have to understand yourself um, absolutely but the other part was is i was always fascinated with business i was always fascinated with you know on the golf course getting a chance to talk to these business owners when i played in the nfl i you know was fortunate enough to get a chance to you know, uh, playing a bunch of golf out events, and and I just was just fascinated. I've always been inquisitive, but how do you, how do you, how do you recruit top players? You know, I was always grew, I grew up in that environment, right? Mm-hmm. How do you get good players, and how do you develop them? How do you compete against your competition? Huh, and right, and I just I saw a, a huge gap um, from what was going on, and I think a lot of it has to do with the generational shift. You know, uh, I mean, you can see what, what's happening in sports as well. I mean, coaches are, are having to recruit different. They're having to develop players different. The rules have changed. Um, and I think that that's the same thing holds true in business. And I just I've, I really am I'm fascinated and passionate about helping businesses grow through through their people. So that's kind of a long winded story. Um, but that that's kind of how I got here. I love it. So so talk about the silver tsunami. 
Well, um, I, just to be clear, I, Solution 21 didn't come up with the right, phrase, so right. just make sure we didn't mm-hmm. have like copyright infringement. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, so basically, the silver tsunami is a phenomenon that you know everyone I'm sure can Google what a, a tsunami is. It, it's it's a you know earthquake or disruption below the, the ocean surface that that you know continues to build steam, and by the time you know these waves are present themselves, it's too late and they wreak havoc. So basically, that's the tsunami part. And the silver tsunami, the silver part of it comes from the demographic shift that, you know, 10,000 baby boomers retire each day. Um, and there's a 18 million person gap in the United States from the baby boomers leaving and the Gen Xers um, uh, taking over. So there's a gap. So even if it was a one for one, right, every baby boomer left and every Gen Xer took that position, there's still an 18 person, 18 million person gap. Wow. Um, in in that. Jeez. So what that will cause is that will cause younger people who are good individual contributors, um, they, they will have more opportunities to get put into leadership roles, which is great. But the problem is, is they haven't had those reps that Gen Xers and baby boomers had for all those years because they just had enough time to to do it. But mm-hmm. time's not on our side right now. So that's the silver tsunami is a phenomenon that, that baby boomers exiting the workforce at a rapid rate and there's not enough um, Gen Xers to replace them, and and so that's kind of the gap that we fill is is you know having um, working with those organizations and and helping them fast forward wisdom and and develop those muscle memory um, habits that that are going to uh, they're going to present themselves to, to these folks that haven't led before. So and then there's a whole big issue that that you know when 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 you're not you know prepared and you, you're not um, efficient in leading teams for the first time you not only affect you know your job but you put you know the, the, right. the um you know everybody that you're leading at risk too so i mean that's a big trickle down effect and, and leadership sometimes gets a fluffy you know uh, uh name but but it's very practical um from a it, it, you can draw you can draw direct lines to organizations doing well they have they have really good leadership and good um a leadership bench so it's so interesting in the times that i've spoken with you tyler you've talked about all that you just mentioned before and obviously the massive shift and you and i have talked about we don't even know what the jobs are in four years, but we know there are going to be some new iteration of it. But you also talk about leadership and culture and understanding the differences in this generational shift. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, from a from a high, high level, I think everybody kind of wraps the, the, themselves around, I, I like to call it like political speak, right? So, no matter what happens, what you believe in from a, from a political standpoint, you know, you're going to believe your personal beliefs, right? So that's, that's a no-win situation. And I think sometimes from generational conversation, people are going to say, well, millennials are spoiled, they're lazy, they're entitled, they don't want to work hard, they, all, they want an iPad. But for generations, like starting back to the, to the greatest generation, they've all, everyone has, has always looked at younger generations as, as having it easier than, than they did. And I think that that's just called evolution. Like, exactly, you know, I looked right, at right. my kids, and my kids—they're <clears throat> six, three, three, and five months. Well, the six-year-old and the three-year-old have iPads, and they're mine. They're not theirs, but they're on there, you know, playing games and learning their colors and their shapes. They're not playing video games. So, if I look at it from a, a, a biased perspective, I can say, "Well, well, 
back in my day, we didn't have them. Well, back in my day, I had to have a, a workbook, you know, and a pencil to draw them. These guys are can access it at any time. So I think that that, that metaphor uh, holds true today from a from a generational shift is that, you know, we're we're in an, entrenched in a in a 21st century business landscape where with technology, and you guys know this better than I do, that people people there's no precedent on it. So a guy mm-hmm. or a gal that worked 20 years ago in business. They had to be present to access files. Right. You don't have to now, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so I just think that there's, business is changing so much, and I think that how you lead people in business is, is constantly evolving and changing as well. So if we don't evolve with the times from the leadership standpoint, and we just um, believe our own biases that, that you know, young people are, are you know, they don't want to work hard, I mean, that's just not true. There's enough research behind it that says that's not true. And the other thing is that there's 84 million millennials. The 84 million of anything isn't like one way. I mean, mm-hmm. I can tell, I'm <laughs> right. sure that there are people, right. baby boomers that work hard and baby boomers that don't. And mm-hmm. Same with Gen right. Xers. So, I mean, I think that that's, you know, that, that's a little bit um, you know, ignorant to think that, that 84 million young people, for some reason, they don't want to work hard. I just, I, I don't buy into that. Exactly. So we've got a couple minutes left, Tyler. If people want to learn more about Solutions 21, where's the best place for them to, to learn more about all the different types of uh, services that you guys provide? Um, obviously, all the, 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 uh, the platforms. So yeah. uh, Solutions21.com. We have um, our LinkedIn page. and our, you know, We have our Twitter, uh, our Twitter page, our Facebook page, and all that stuff is Solutions21 um, um, documented. So that, that'll be a, you know, pretty easy for them to find it. Um, but we, yeah, there's all the stuff uh, f- about our, our flagship program. That the Next Leader Now program is on there. Um, you know, we're we're working really hard to create a, a, a customizable solution for organizations, you know, and, and all over the, the world that that they can put their high potential folks into and, and and develop them fast and efficient, and most importantly, the way that they want their younger folks to be developed. And and that's really the the um, you know the 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 big thing that we're driving right now from from our our initiatives fantastic stuff and thanks for taking the time to talk to us it's just fascinating and just what important stuff that you're working on and really just encourage everyone to learn more about this i mean it's your biggest investment is your people it's going to lead your company forward and you got to stay on top of that and you guys do it so really appreciate i appreciate it guys i was i was told by my dad one time that you can't win without good players so you know i think that that's exactly right man environment so exactly well thanks guys i appreciate it thank Thank you you We Take pre- care. We appreciate the time. So we're coming right back with more Tech Vibe Radio, I swear. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. And we are from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. You know, Audrey, Tech 50, right around the corner. October oh, yeah. 25th, we'll be here before you know it. Be right back after this quick break. Welcome back, everybody. So glad you're dialed into Tech Vibe Radio tonight. And as Audrey, as I mentioned before, we're talking about reminiscing about your birdhouse building days at sleepaway camp. I know. Do you see that? He's so jealous. <laughs> I know. He was, one, he was one of those little boys that had to stay home. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't go to that camp. I was too afraid to go to camp as a kid. It would involve like other people and being Exactly. Away. You were overprotected. Way overprotected. And I'm paying and the I love your mom. to this day. I know. I love your mom. Me too. She's she's the mom I never had. But I never went to camp. But she, I but know. But he, no, Jonathan was a little good boy. I was like a devil. Really? I was I, like... <laughs> Audrey I was, was like a devil. I changed my name to the Sam. 
Did the I tell you that? <laughs> well, the first summer I went to camp. <laughs> oh, boy. Are you serious? Yeah. That makes sense. I just, uh, my name is Sam. I came home, had turtles and salamanders, and my parents were like, ah! So, Audrey, it got me thinking that if back in the day, if you would have had access to a boxy machine. Oh, my what God. What would have happened to you? It would have changed my life. And so, lo and Right. Totally. I exactly. love that. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I'm so pumped to have Joel Johnson here from Boxy talking about what a really cool company that's building these great devices that are allowing people literally to have a tech shop on your desktop. In fact, they kind of have some tech shop stuff through a Proto Haven thing they're doing. <laughs> that's a whole other story we'll get to a little bit later. But anyhow, Joel, welcome to the show, man. We, we love having you here talking about what you're doing, too, because you make us really proud and excited and happy that you're doing what you're doing here in Pittsburgh. Thank you. I love being here. So talk a little bit about Boxy. What is Boxy these days? Oh, right, so I can give kind of a general synopsis of what Boxy is. So you guys are familiar with 3D printing. Yes. That's yes. The magical thing yes. that builds something out of nowhere. And then you have like CNC milling, which carves some, they carve something into a three-dimensional shape. I love those. And then they have uh, your laser engraving, laser cutting, which allows you to cut and have like different Audrey could have laser engraved her birdhouses back in the day. <laughs> so it would have said Sam <laughs> on the side of her birdhouses. Exactly. She's giving me the she's giving me the bird right now. Exactly, birdhouse. Yeah. So basically, what Boxy does is, if you imagine each of those things as a little as a cylinder, right? You take those and then you attach them to something two to make two seconds transforms that device into that cylinder. So love it, man. Uh, it's so really cool. Robust uh, industrial grade machine that sits on your desktop and if you swap in any of those things, it becomes that machine. Becomes that machine. How many different attachments are there available now? Different functionalities you can put onto a boxy. So there are three right now. You have the milling, the laser engraving and okay. the uh, 3D printing of course. But then um, there are things that people are hacking right now. You know, uh. Oh, really? So they, they hack it, so there's more. But we're sticking to, like, the conventional three. Those right. Are, like, That's the core stuff, right? Making composite gotcha. And so people can order them now, right? Yeah, please order them now. <laughs> and they can go to Boxy, B-O-X-Z-Y. Yeah, Boxy.com. Right. And they can order them right now. We just got a whole manufacturing shipment, so we got about 60 in stock. In, in Before the, they sell out. The holidays oh, are right around the corner. We just sold out, and we just got our order. Oh my! <laughs> so wow, that was, that was a little harrowing. Yeah, something good that happened. Right, like we sold too much stuff. Oh my goodness! Well, that's I'm, that was good. We need to talk to you about some supply chain management people or something like that. Keep those parts in stock. Yeah, what I'm really trying to do right now is Boxy is so overbuilt. It, it is like this phenomenal machine, but manufacturing it is not easy. Right, it's, right. It's, a lot of pieces, a lot of parts. Pieces. Complex. High precision milled parts. Right. Like they are, they are, it's, it's the most built machine out of anything out there right now. I'm not entirely sure it was a good business decision. Right. <laughs> like, what was I thinking? So, but people are, and, and customer satisfaction is pretty high. Oh, yeah. It's specifically, um, so one of the things that we did was uh, we wanted to, even though we're a really small company, uh, our, and one of our biggest goals is to make sure that we're engaging new users. 
And you can't do that if one, the machine breaks down every time someone does something wrong because you have to make a lot of mistakes in order to learn this stuff. Right, And you have to feel safe making those mistakes. So that's one of the reasons why it's built the way that it is, caged in that quarter inch thick aluminum and and having the ball screws. But uh, the other part of that is that, and I I think this is one of the things that we um, get the most positive comments on is our customer service. We try to keep people, make sure everybody knows how to use their machine right. and, and can keep running with it, making what they want to make, no matter their experience level. No matter what they want to make? No matter what they want to make. <laughs> what, what would you think is one of the craziest things someone's made with a boxing that you machine? Can, that you can say that you on can the air. you can say on the air. <laughs> I can say on the air. <laughs> uh, no four-letter words. All right. So, so I, I'm sure she was alluding to, like, there's this big debate about guns. cover that but the coolest thing i've seen made on boxy was we had this one engineer intern and he made a chessboard that that he milled all the circuit boards and he 3d printed parts and molds and he created these crystalline uh chess pieces what and when you set them on the board there was a magnet inside of them and when they touched the board the little circuit boards that he created on boxy um, cause the light to light up, and so the so the uh, the chessboard lights up where the chess pieces are. Oh, that's that was cool. cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Okay. So on the other one, the gun <laughs> thing. So I love talking about this because this is uh, yeah, this has been in the news. I mean, this is some crazy stuff where people are now able to digitally print guns. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of scary in the sense that you're talking about a real problem with a real face, right? right. You're you're not you're not like assault weapons aren't a. Uh, the, there's there are victims associated with having that kind of magnification of force. So obviously, sensible people will be thinking about this topic. Um, right now, um, a lot of our our customers happen to be gunsmiths, and some people are making fully functioning firearms. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people I've spoken to are very. Uh, they have businesses making guns usually, right. or they're yeah. very experienced, and they have testing equipment and it's lots of safety equipment. Absolutely, and they know what they're doing. So I don't really have a problem with that side of it right. um but uh the big thing that's really fascinating for me is that um when you have a machine like boxy you are taking like these you're taking whatever kind of materials you want from like steel to plastic there's my sales pitch for boxy right I, and but you're taking whatever material you want and turning it whatever shape you want right and so um that's all any kind of hardware invention is the thing though is that bits uh, information that are uh, verbal communications are now it's hard to distinguish between them and material objects. Right. right so, right. for instance, uh, Cody Wilson with his uh, Liberator and the other files that he brought on. Um, I'm not going to say he's a very likable or balanced guy, but what he has done essentially is uh, he has pushed that point through, and basically he's putting he's putting. Um, the law kind of to task, bringing it to task and saying, well, how are you going to regulate guns without regulating free speech? Exactly. <laughs> it's so like, oh boy, we're getting deep now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, wait a second. We only have a few minutes left in this segment. We would need a whole, we would need hours to talk oh, about yeah. that. But it's, but I just find it so interesting that, you know, you've developed this technology that, I mean, it empowers people to be, express themselves and create things. And this can be all types of things, whether it's a gun or whether it's a light-up chessboard. Yes. And, and creates, that, yeah. People have been asking us where we stand on this. Like, I, I spoke to a journalist just recently about okay. it. And, uh, and I, while I have concerns that the wrong people get firearms, that should be a concern to everyone. Of course. Um, 
when you get a machine like ours, typically you're pretty creative and you have, you, you're a little smarter than the average bear, right? And you have something to live for, right? And those people are much less likely to commit a crime of passion or exactly. go rogue. I right. mean, it, it, takes, it takes forethought and planning and research. And those are not things that you typically associate with somebody who goes- impulse For impulse control. Yeah, I mean, sociopaths right. tend to have, this is from my psychology days, they tend to be have a couple of features, right? Uh, charm is one of them, but the other two are most relevant. They, they lack empathy reflexive empathy, which means the ability to um, to detect people's emotions and feel them in a split second. And then they uh, they also have a high degree of impulsivity, right? And so- God, I fall for them every time. I know, Audrey. <laughs> she just, he just described your perfect man. <laughs> I mean, they're fun people. <laughs> <laughs> they're great to have a drink with, but after that, you know- They're no. actually researching sociopaths right now because what they want to find out, sociopaths are happy. Right, they actually tend to be the most mindful of, of uh, any group of people, huh? And so they want to, yeah. That's either here nor there, but like, <laughs> interesting. In regards to firearms, I'm not right. really worried about it. I, I, I tend to, boxy is, you know, our branding's about choices, our philosophy's yeah. about choices, right? Freedom, creative freedom. I think I'm not going to say, yeah. hey, I don't think you should make something yeah. that you want. Right? Make. No, it shouldn't be your place. It's like that you create a great technology that allows people to be creative and and to to build and create new products and. Oh. And, uh, I just think and it's cool. accessible. And accessible. It is, it is very yeah. accessible. It's really about access. Speaking exactly. of accessibility, I found something funny. I've been haunting Reddit for the first time, right? Yeah. And, um, and a lot of it's just horrible. Yeah. But, but some of it's not. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. One of the, uh, the, the points that someone brought up was like, yeah, criminals are going to start suddenly getting boxies and making things, making weapons, right? That's not going to happen. Wow, you made it through a big Reddit thread? <laughs> Jeez, man. Yeah, I, I've been paying a lot of attention to Reddit because I have a Kickstarter coming up, oh. and I want to make sure that I have made friends with all the relevant Reddit right. There you go. And that includes libertarian groups. <laughs> so, Joel, nice. we've got about two minutes left, and you're going to be back on the show in a few weeks because you're part of Proto Haven, which is this yes. huge maker movement thing here in Pittsburgh. Quickly, tell us the pitch for Proto Haven and what they're doing in Wilkinsburg these days. So, I think this is so cool. So as far as the value proposition, I'd like to hit that sec, yeah. second, right? Um, one of the things, one of the reasons why I wanted to get on this show so quickly is because mm -hmm. Proto Haven is at a point, it, it's something extremely rare, right? So when you look at maker spaces, they are exceptionally rare just by themselves, any right. kind of maker space, right? Open access maker space. Right. Um, but Proto Haven is, is not just one of those rare things. It's something super rare because it has the capacity of tech shop. And we all know that tech shop was something that was entirely new for. Yeah. World, it right? blew Pittsburgh right. apart. We're like, Whoa, tech shop in yeah. Pittsburgh. But they failed because they were a for-profit organization that was not very good at integrating themselves into communities that have their own identity. Right. right. We are a distinctively Pittsburgh thing and beyond being a distinctively Pittsburgh thing. We are kind of a crowning jewel that I don't think Pittsburgh knows it has. Exactly. Right? We are giving Pittsburgh residents the ability to actually do full-scale manufacturing, to learn how to do it, to learn how to make anything from birdhouses to uh, startups and small businesses. That's right? what I'm talking about, yeah. man. So we cool. Need, Jonathan, <laughs> you and I need to make something. I know. We, we should go, go down there. there and build something. Yeah. Something like fun. To, we're going to build something. We've been wanting to do that That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. We've we're, been wanting to do this for a long do time. It. And it's real close to my house. I could walk there. On is the it really? Yeah. 
So you're uh, close to Boxy Factory too. I know. So I, I ride Boxy my bike pass place all the time. Proto Haven yeah. are right across the railroad tracks. Yeah, he lives. I live in Edgewood, man. I'm just like bloop. Nice. Right there. Yeah. Simple as that. So anyhow, we're out of time, but Proto Haven, oh, real no. fast. People learn more about Proto Haven. Uh, Proto Haven is a nonprofit for yeah. the, um, for community good and uh, and we have all we have a whole bunch of tools, 3D printers, CNC mills. And your best cutters. website for it. Uh, just go to protohaven.org. .org and yep. of course boxy.com. Yeah, and boxy.com. And we'll Buy see a boxy. You, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks to talk all about Proto Haven. So excited about it. That would be great. I, I will it. see you in a couple of weeks. Perfect. Hey, we're taking we're, we're taking off actually. Our show is done. We'll be back next Friday. This is Jonathan Kersing. And this is Audrey Russo. From the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about this us. Is Joel Johnson. And Joel Johnson <laughs> over there, of course. <laughs> Thanks everybody. Have a great weekend. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.